My name is Sarah Grace, and I developed trichotillomania when I was 11 years old. Um, I'm now 17, so it's been several years. It started out with just my eyelashes. I remember being in church one day, and I just was itching my eye, and then one popped out, and I liked the sound of it and the feeling and kept doing it. I'm sure you understand. And then I got home, and I had no eyelashes left <laughs> when I was 11 years old. So that was an interesting experience, and I, I freaked out a little bit at first, but then I think I was young enough that it hadn't hit me. What I looked like was kind of odd. So a couple months later, I started pulling out my eyebrows as well. And then about, I want to say around two years after that is when I started pulling my scalp hair. And that's been the most severe. As you can see, I have had to shave my head because of it. Last year in April, I shaved my head because I could not stop pulling my hair out. And it was just getting so bad and it was controlling my life. And I was like, okay, enough of this. I'm just going to shave it and be done with that and wear chemo caps around. And my school was really good at allowing me to wear chemo caps and wigs at a certain point and everything. So yeah, that's sort of my story with trick in, in a very brief sense. But yeah, so I started with my eyelashes and I still struggle with those every once in a while, but I have something, it's what I call like the blank slate system. It's kind of odd, but it's basically where if I pull out one eyelash, I have to pull them all out. But if I don't pull any eyelashes, I don't pull any. And it's it's not the same with my eyebrows, and I have no idea why. I can't seem to trick my brain into thinking the same thing for all of my different areas of hair. <laughs> but yeah, so I I would say, like, I definitely relate to, like, when people say it's, like, a form of OCD. Like, I definitely get that because it's very, like, about numbers and finding the perfect hair, the perfect texture, the perfect pull. Anything around those lines is definitely how I experience it. And I go where I have a lot of pulling and then I'll stop for a couple months and then I'll go back to have a lot of pulling. So it's not like every day I'm just pulling a little bit. It's very like it happens all at once and then it'll kind of recede for a while after I pull everything out that I wanted to pull out. When you first started and after, you know, leaving church, did anybody notice that you were missing, you know, your eyelashes? My parents did. They were kind of like looking at me and I was like, what? And then I went and looked in the mirror and I came out and I was like, mom, my eyelashes are gone. And she was like, what? And I was like, yeah, they're, they're gone. I pulled them out. And, you know, so I told my parents right away, like, I'm very open with my parents. I'm very blessed to have parents who allow me to be very open with them and non-judgmental. So I told them right away, they were the first people I told. I also have several relatives with it. So it's not surprising if it is something genetic, because I do know several people with it in my family. So, but yeah, my parents definitely did notice, but no one else really talked to me about it. I never was really bullied. People did look at me weird, but thankfully I wasn't really bullied about it. I just kind of, people avoided me a little bit. But I wouldn't say, other than my parents, people would look at me and be like, hey, you look weird, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm very blessed for that. I actually find that sort of hard in some ways because I just rather people know. I don't find it something to be that needs to be a giant secret. I just want people to know and people to be able to understand a little bit of what I'm going through. And if they're going through it too, then to be able to have someone to relate to. So whenever people ask me about it, I'm very open about it. Even children, if they ask me, I just 
I'm just like, yeah, I have a hair pulling disorder. You know, it's become so normal to me. And I've had different reactions. You know, I've had people who are like, ooh, that's that's weird. <laughs> and then I've had people who are like, a, a what? <laughs> and, um, you know, all the different responses that I'm sure you've gotten as well. But yeah, so my parents were definitely the first ones that noticed, um, along with my brother. And so you mentioned you have relatives that have trick. So did your family know what trigger cellomania was? Or were you the one that kind of said, oh, here's the name for it. And then you told your relatives that had the same behavior. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so me and my mom actually Googled it together and found that it was trichotillomania. And that was when I first found out what it was. And I had no clue until several years later that some of my relatives had it. And I, I don't know if my mom knew. I don't think she really understood it, at least, because she hadn't had it on a, like a first case kind of basis. But yeah, so that's kind of how we discovered it. Wow. And so were you able to talk to the relatives and kind of say, oh, you know, I'm doing this too. Were you able to have that conversation or is it kind of just like, I know you do it, but we don't really talk about it. Yeah, it definitely started out that way where it's like, I know you do it, but we don't really talk about it because all three of, of my relatives and I, like we kind of can find it triggering to talk about it. I don't personally as much, but um, I know some people I do know that have it, they do. So we didn't really talk about it too much until we all got a little older and more mature. And then we could actually have a conversation about it and like confide in each other when things were going badly with it and things like that. How did it feel to know that you had, I mean, even if at the time, maybe you weren't able to talk to them the way that you wanted to, but to feel like, okay, I actually have people in my family who get what I'm doing because they do it too. Yeah, it felt amazing. Like, because you don't, I think at first you feel kind of like an alien and you feel like you look like an alien when you don't have eyelashes and eyebrows, you know? And I think, yeah, definitely felt really good to have someone who knew, even if you didn't talk about it, even if you weren't too open about it with them, it was like, it was really nice to know when you're having a rough day, you could even just go sit with them. And like, you kind of both knew what was going on. So you mentioned that your trick kind of comes in waves, like you'll have like a lot of pulling at one time, and then you'll kind mm -hmm. of uh, pull back and things will grow in. Do you notice any patterns when that happens? Or if there's like something that triggers you? Yeah, definitely. The main thing that triggers me is having like an irritated scalp that really irritates me. And um, if I pull one hair out, then who knows how many others are going to come out. But if I don't pull one, then none of them come out. So it's like, it's, it's a very odd thing. But yeah, it, it does come in waves. And it does have these sort of triggers of um, stress is a huge trigger. Boredom is a huge, huge trigger. Whenever I'm bored, I find my hand going up to my head. And thankfully, I usually notice that I'm doing it again, because when it comes in waves, it's like really bad. And so I can tell that I'm doing it. Um, but I would say stress, boredom, and pulling even one hair is like the major, like they're the major triggers for me. Um, mm -hmm. Also, different things with my hormones, just being a woman, I'm sure you understand. So at certain times of the month, like it's a lot worse. And like, that's when I have my biggest pulling episodes. I like what you mentioned about the blank slate. I can relate to that, especially with the eyelashes. There's something about them that when they grow in, they all grow in differently. They're growing down, mm -hmm. up, over. And it's like, it's mm -hmm. it's actually more triggering to see them growing in than to pull them all out and, and kind of start fresh. Tell me more exactly. about that for you. Yeah, mm -hmm. I totally get that. Yeah, mm -hmm. I've never met someone else who actually thinks that way that has it. You know, usually a lot of people are just like, I just kind of pull aimlessly. I don't really know I'm doing it. Like for me, it's very intentional. Like it has a purpose and I'm doing it for that purpose. <laughs> 
and you almost get this tingly feeling while they're growing in like right at the root you know and like just it just needs to be pulled out for you to Mm -hmm. that's the thing I think people don't realize is like for some people it's like oh it's they'll crave something but the craving will go away and I've found for creatulmania the craving just doesn't go away unless I give into it and Mm -hmm. I'm still on the journey of figuring out how to in a sense satisfy that craving without having to pull out my hair Mm -hmm. yeah because there there will be moments where I'll I'll even itch my eye and then ding one of the lashes that I itched and that's all I think about all day is that same one touching it touching it touching it yeah and it affects like your functioning because you're thinking about it all the time and you know I like I'll be trying to read and I'm pulling at my hair the whole time and then I find a pile of hair next to me on the ground after I'm done and I'm like "Ooh, that was a bit of damage you did there Sarah oh yeah and then like rub it up I like rub it up in a little ball and like toss the it circle. Like, get away. <laughs> the circular the circle. motion what are some things that you do when you are feeling bored like sometimes yeah sometimes you have to pull like that's I've accepted that with myself. If that eyelash is bothering mm-hmm. me, it's better I go get tweezers and pull it out right now. Otherwise, I'm going to be messing with it all day. But if it is mm-hmm. that boredom that is making you want to, you know, get your hands busy, do something interesting, mm-hmm. what are some things that you do in- instead of pulling? One of the main things I really like to do is play with slime because it'll kind of get all over your hands a little bit. It gets this kind of sticky residue on your hands. So you don't want to put it by your eye or in your hair because that could do something negative. So um, that's one of the main things I like to do is just keep my hands busy, whatever that means, whether it means going and exercising or even like writing, because I find that my left hand is the hand I write with, but that's my dominant hand with pulling as well. So um, all my pulling is basically on this side of my head. And so, yeah, so I would say when I'm like bored and triggered, I really try and just get my mind occupied, but also get my body occupied and doing things that I wouldn't normally do, you know, not just go take a walk necessarily, like maybe go take a run or something that'll help me to get in that brain space of like, I'm doing something to improve myself. That's one of the main things that helps me is like doing something that's going to improve me. I find when it's boredom, you can do a lot of things to combat it and combat the urge. But when it's like stress, I feel like the urge is very different. And you it's almost like this urge that absolutely needs to be satisfied. In, and it can't be replaced with anything else, you know, until you find that right hair or whatever. And it gives a sense of sometimes clarity. Like if I'm doing homework or studying or, or focusing on something and then I'm like pulling and looking while I'm doing that somehow, mm-hmm. I'm clearer in what I need to do. Yeah. And then if you don't pull it, you're way more foggy. Just like it's almost like this game where you become obsessed absolutely obsessed with finding that perfect hair like whatever maybe the texture the perfect pole or whatever it is and nothing can get you out of it and I think that's the hard part is with family they really do try but they just can't understand what it's like because there's not that many cravings in life I can think of where it's like if it won't just go away after a bit of time if you just Mm -hmm. ignore it but with trick it only gets stronger and that's just one of the things that comes with it but it's also made me a stronger person realizing where I have power you know it's 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 empowering because when I do decide to stop and I actually make that conscious decision it does make me feel very good about myself because I know I've overcome something that other people might not even ever understand I think what's special about you saying that 
and just the way that you feel is that when we first went to therapy and we're trying new things, a lot of the conversation was, you have to try really hard. You don't think I'm trying really hard? I'm trying so hard. If I don't pull for one minute, I'm thrilled. You know, like, Mm -hmm. I can't believe it. Yep. Yeah. And, and that's the hardest part is that counselors, they really do try their best, but talking to behavioral therapy is, is great in a lot of ways for things like depression, anxiety, um, OCD, but it's not exactly great for trichotillomania because they don't have anything to replace that satisfaction. They're like, okay, do something with your hands. It's like, okay, what do I do with my brain to replace that satisfaction I need? When you decided to shave your head for the first time, can you kind of walk me through that decision, how you did it, things like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had been pulling out my scalp hair for about, I want to say three years. And so it had been a while and I had a bald spot right up on the top of my head for probably about those three years. And I had to always cover it up with makeup or my hair or something. And then I just had a really bad pulling episode for like, it took, it was probably like three weeks. I was like constantly pulling my hair and this whole half of my head was bald, except for like the very top. So I had like little thin pieces of hair kind of covering it, but it, it wasn't very coverable, if that makes sense. And I thought about shaving my head for a very long time, mainly because it was like, if the hair is just not there, if I can get that blank slate and shave my head, then maybe I'll be able to manage this. Because that's that's the word I like to use is manage it. I don't want to control it. I want to manage it because I'm never going to be perfect, but I can do my best. When you did it, the actual act of shaving your head, how did you feel? I loved it. I felt so free right afterwards. And my brother actually shaved his head as well. He surprised me. So it was adorable. It was the sweetest thing ever. And um, yeah, and so I, the actual action of doing it, like I know my mom was very hesitant because she was like, oh my gosh, my kid's going to shave her head. She can't cover up the bald spots anymore. What are we going to do? Like, you know, she just, she was worried about me, obviously, but she also kind of felt odd about it just because it, it's not the natural thing to do. But then once it got so bad that all of us, like my whole family just looked at it and was like, okay, this is beyond saving. And I still was pulling out my hair. It was something we really needed to do. And so she had to get a new razor because our old one wasn't really working, but we got a new one. And um, we just shaved it down to like, I want to say like a fourth inch, something like that. And that was so freeing. Like as soon as it was shaved off, I like, I wanted to start crying. It was like, I just couldn't, under like it was like I've been waiting for this my whole life of like I don't have the urge to pull anymore you know it's like with my eyelashes when they're all gone it was like that with shaving my head and I went for probably about four months without pulling a single hair after I shaved my head the first time so that was the record (laughs) in the first ever since I developed trichotillomania but yeah shaving it was the I call it the best decision I ever made like it was the hardest one in some ways but it was definitely really good and I I don't recommend it as like a first route to anyone but definitely as like an option because it's really freeing and confidence giving you know like and and that's partly your decision is how you want to take this because trichotillomania can be debilitating or it can be empowering and it's been empowering for me because I let it be empowering and I don't let it debilitate me anymore. And so, yeah, I think just shaving my head was probably the best decision I ever made. And it felt amazing. Do you let it grow a little bit? And then do you, have you shaved it multiple times? Do you kind of keep it a certain length? I went again, like I said, for four months about without pulling it. And then after that, I relapsed again. Uh, I pulled one hair out and then 
it all went downhill. <laughs> and um, and then I got a giant bald spot again. And that's when I decided to look into wigs because I was, I mean, I was tired of not having hair. I didn't feel as feminine and I wanted to have hair. So I got a wig and I sort of just waited for that to grow back. And it was a cheap wig. It didn't look that realistic, but it was enough to make me feel a little better. But I had to let my hair grow back for several months then. And that was on this side of my head. And then ever since then, I've had to reshave my head and reshave my head, like the shaving trap, I guess, is what it could be called, because it's constantly like you grow it back enough and you're like, oh, look, it's long enough and now I can pull it. And so now I'm at this point where I'm just going to try and keep it a little shorter, but it's also growing really slowly right now for some reason. And I don't know why, but like it goes through phases of just it likes to grow and then sometimes it will grow in random places and not grow in other ones. So it's it's still a little temperamental. But again, I still don't regret my decision. I think it was an amazing decision. When you have noticed that your hair is growing back in, do you notice if it gets long enough, is there a different texture? You know, I got to say it's actually thicker, Mm. which you wouldn't expect, but I would say it's like thicker. And I don't know, I don't know if this is gross, but kind of like juicier, (laughs) if that makes sense. Um, And Yeah. So when it grows back, it usually grows back pretty thin at first. And then it'll happen in like one month's time where it'll just all grow in like a weed. But when it does get long enough, it's usually a little thicker, but it can also be a little coarse on some of the areas. But it really depends on the area. Like if I pulled at the area a lot, I find it comes in much thinner. But if I pulled in the area only like once or twice, then I find that it grows in almost better than it was before. That's interesting. I bring that up because I pull right behind my left ear when mm-hmm. it grows back in curly. I mean, my hair is pretty much straight. I wouldn't say like stick straight. And then this comes in and it's actually like a curly hue. Wow. Like, interesting. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't really thought about that, to be honest. I've heard of people's growing in different colors. And I, I personally haven't experienced that. I feel like my hair is a little darker than it used to be, but that always happens during the winter for me. My hair just gets darker for some reason, I guess, lack of sunlight or something like that. So tell me about the wig. I could only manage it while I was at school and then or out of the house. And then when I got home, it came right off. It was probably because it was a cheap wig, but I found it to be one of the most uncomfortable experiences ever. Because one, you were always worried, is it showing that it's a wig? And, you know, is it looking weird? And is it too voluminous? You know, all of those things. I would say one of the main things I did to help was just like take breaks throughout wearing the wig. Like, during school go to the bathroom take it off for a sec and then put it back on you know like because it just it feels like your whole head is kind of suffocating is my experience of it I might have had it on too tight but I was terrified of it flying off so (laughs) but I would say like overall that was a better experience like people's reactions were probably the most interesting because you know you walk into school as a high school and you have no hair and then you come in and you have this giant voluminous wig on and it's like And I had a couple people go, oh, I like it. But like most people just kind of looked at me and then walked away, (laughs) which I didn't really mind. You know, I'm so past people judging me for it. It's just it's not even funny. But I'd say wearing the wig was like a good experience to have. But I realized I definitely like even if it's like buzzed, I like my normal hair much better. It's much more comfortable, much more practical. Yeah, I can't put it up in ponytails and put bows in it, but it's. I, I, I don't know, there's something about me appreciates that it's just my natural hair. It's, it's something very me about it, you know? So you've been really open about your trick. Do you remember the first time you shared with a friend? I do, yes. It was an old friend that I had, and I had just pulled out all my eyelashes, and I told her. And she, I think, had been going through some stuff of her own, so she actually really was good about it. And 
you know, my other friends, I don't think I really told them at first. And then it was only till really about when I shaved my head that I actually was pretty open about it with people because you kind of have to be. That was the other thing shaving my head did for me is like it helped me to be open about it and give me confidence to be open. So that's just a little side note. But yeah, that was the first time I told someone other than my family. And then once I shaved my head, I had a lot of questions from people especially my friends. And I would just be honest with them and say, hey, I, I have something called trichotillomania. It's a disorder that causes me to pull out my hair. And whatever the reactions were, you know, you just kind of have to go and roll with the bunches, I guess. Yeah. So I would say the first time I told someone it went pretty well, I always did feel a little judged by my friends for it because, I mean, how could you not? It sounds so odd when I've had it for so many years. It doesn't sound odd to me. But if as someone coming into it for the first time, it's like, what the heck are they doing? You know, it just it sounds so odd. But I was very blessed to have generally around, like all around good reactions. I had one person go, ew, when I told them. But besides that, <laughs> besides that, we're good friends now. It's fine. But besides that, I would say I had a good experience the first time I told someone. When you shared, did you, anyone of your friends or anyone that asked you, did they say, oh, I, I, you know, bite my nails or I pick my skin? Did anyone share that they had a BFRB as well? Or it was just like, oh, okay, like a learning experience for them? I had one girl share with me that she did, but it was very brief and we didn't really talk about it after that. So other than that, and other than any relatives that I knew of having it, um, we only just recently started talking about it. So I would say not, not really. Do you remember seeing any type of, you know, representation for trichotillomania, like in the movies or on a TV show? Did you ever see anything like that growing up? Mm-hmm. I did. I, I was reading a book series called Keeper of the Lost Cities um, when I was younger. And the main character in that, Sophie, I think is her name, had trichotillomania. So she was actually pulling out her eyelashes a lot of the time. Did the author do a good job? I would say I didn't personally like the way it was done because she just said it was a nervous habit. And I was like, well, <laughs> if you were ever more wrong. <laughs> for some people, that might be the case, but certainly not for the majority of us, I would guess. But overall, she did... She didn't have any characters judging it or, or doing anything that was making her uncomfortable about it. Um, they would always encourage her to do better with it and just kind of be like, hey, you're doing this. And, and that's something that seemed to help her. And I think that can help some people. For me, it can either help or hurt. It depends on the day. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. It's It always kind of baffles me that people will talk about Trick in a sense. They'll have a character with it. They'll make sure it's shown on the TV show. But just that little extra research, just a little bit more, like, you know, you've seen people do this behavior and you want it in your show or in your book, but yet there's something missing. Like just meet somebody, you know, maybe reach out and say, who has this so I can learn from you? Yeah, I, th I think part of it's just really how hard it is to understand, like, even when I'm not in a major polling phase, what I call the mania phase, even when I'm not in a mania phase, I... I can't remember what it's like to be in a mania phase until I'm actually in one, you know? So I don't blame anyone that doesn't understand it or that tries to write about it because I barely understand it myself when I'm not in it directly, you know? Have you ever experienced any other BFRBs? I actually do. Yeah, very minor though. So nothing I'd ever say like, oh, I have this full blown, like I have my trichotillomania. Um, but uh, you probably can't see even on my thumb, I have like a red spot because I pick my thumbs all the time. Um, it's just like, th that's what I would almost call a nervous habit because it's so mild. It's just, it's not like I could stop it if I realized I was doing it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, like 
picking my nails definitely happens a lot. <laughs> um, my nails are very brittle, so I think that doesn't help. Um, if they're done, usually I'm good. I like if I paint them or something, I'm usually pretty good, but definitely have experienced those urges in different areas. You know, definitely that pain response. I'd love to like research that someday. It's just that, like, why do I react to pain in the way that I do? You know, because it does, mm -hmm. it does sometimes hurt when you pull the hair out, but sometimes you like that. And so I, I'd love to see, I'm fascinated with it, just of why my body reacts to pain in that way, you know? I've had many a moments, especially with those eyelashes, where like you're getting that big white bulb and you're, and the whole thing, you're like, oh, your eyes watering. Mm -hmm. And then I go back for more. And especially if you do like the inner corners or like the bottom, it just like, it, it hurts sometimes almost too much, but it, but yet you go back to it. You're just, I need this somehow. <laughs> what would be some advice that you would give someone who wants to be more open about their trick or any BFRB? I would say, first of all, that people's judgments are theirs. They're not yours. You don't have to take them on. That was the first thing I had to learn with having trick. And that was the reason that I can go out of myself with it. Um, and the second thing is that you could help other people by doing it, even if you're nervous, even if you're scared. One of the reasons you might even have trick worse is because you feel so alone. And so you could help someone else by coming out of yourself and sharing your story. And it's really not that scary once you do it. You know, once you do it once, especially like the first time afterwards, like I have a YouTube channel about it. And I, ever since the first video, it's like, now I'm just like, oh yeah, here's my bald spot. <laughs> you know, it's just like, it doesn't bother me at all. So I'd say, even if you have to like practice in front of a camera and you're not actually going to post it, like practice how you would say it and things like that, that can really help with nervousness. And also just talking to people who have done that and say, how have you done this? And they can kind of push you on and be like, this is something that is good and okay for you to do. And people that, at least people that matter, aren't going to judge you, you know, in the way that you're thinking they might. Tell me how we can find your YouTube channel and tell me about some mm -hmm. of the videos that you've made on there. All right. So my YouTube channel is just called Sarah Grace. But if you want to find it, I would definitely recommend looking up Sarah Grace Shaved Head because that's how you're, you'll get my first video that I ever posted. And I mostly just put hair updates on there. But I did recently make a video on how to be more confident with hair loss. I really wasn't that nervous. I was actually excited because I think something that motivated me was really observing the people around me and saying, many other people are too scared to step up to do this. I'm not that scared. Why should I keep this to myself? Like goodness is meant to be shared, you know? So I think seeing other people that didn't want to share motivated me to share on my channel. And it, it was a little scary at first, like, oh my gosh, I'm posting to the whole internet, this giant bald spot on my head. But it's funny. I don't care that the internet knows. I only am more weirded out by my friends knowing. It's, mm. it's like the people that I'm close to, it's like, because they might watch it and be like, wow, I never knew she was going through that. And they could make judgments about me, you know, but then again, that principle comes back of like, that's their problem at that point, you know, it's like not to be rude, but that's not my problem at that point. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Trick Talks. Did you know that I offer a Trichotillomania online course? My course is called Sharing Our Stories. In it, we do a deep dive into your relationship with trichotillomania by using my guided journal, My Trickster Diaries, as our workbook. We also complete empowering activities and have a bi-weekly support group so that you can meet others in the community. As a gift to you, please use promo code TRICKTALKS25 
to receive 25% off the five session package. You can access this promotion and learn more at barbaralally.com. Thank you, and I can't wait to start your journey to self-love and self-acceptance with trichotillomania. Thank <music> you.